As we open God's Word, more fully we ask for greater blessings from God, so let's just petition Him. Heavenly Father, please, open up our minds, our eyes, that we may see great and mighty things out of Your Word. Please prepare us to live in Your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's topic is the kingdoms of this world. In Acts chapter 5, it says that Peter was put into prison. Verse 18, with the apostles, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. There is a greater government than the government of men. Make no mistake, God has instituted government, law, and order. And we are told to respect and to obey the authorities of the countries in which we live, but we're told to do so upon condition. And what is that condition? The condition is found in verse 27 through 29. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name, in the name of Jesus. And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood, Jesus' blood, upon us. See, the authorities of the Jewish nation, as well as of the Roman Empire, had shed the blood of the Son of God. And this was a grievous sin. And it was one which the apostles had mentioned at Pentecost. This Jesus you slew, you you hung in a tree. And of course, this was seen as being very unpatriotic, as accusing the government of doing something to an innocent person. But then Peter, verse 29, and the apostles, the other apostles, answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The condition of our obedience to earthly authorities is that there is no contradiction between what God says and what man says. There is a higher government. In Daniel chapter 4 it says, In verse 17, this matter is by the decree of the angels or the watchers to the intent that the living may know that the most high, the what kind of high? The most high, the highest, the highest court, the highest judge, the highest king, the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. 
And so there is a higher tribunal that we must answer to. However, we must respect earthly government where there is no contradiction between God's word. And of course, the last six commandments are generally supported the world over by various governments. The last six commandments, the second table of stone, have to do with our relation to each other. Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You know, perjury. And these laws, in some way or another, on the second, you know, intent, coveting. Uh, you know, there's, an, there's a, you know, if someone is plotting to do something, <laughs> um, there, there are various ways of applying these last six commandments. And they're found, generally speaking, through every earthly government. Uh, I don't know of any government that says it's okay to just go ahead and, and, and steal and murder and, and do whatever you want. And so we, we are privileged to have God ruling in the kingdom of men and setting up for us rulers that we must be respectful of whether or not we agree with them, appreciate their characters. You know, it says he set up over them the basest of men. In other words, we cannot just be respectful when someone is according to our liking in public office. Think about Daniel and the respect that he paid to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had gone and ransacked Jerusalem. He raised it. He had eventually destroyed it, destroyed the temple, taken the articles out of the temple, put it in the house of his God, his gods. And then he took the prize of the nation the young men of the royal house and royal line that were educated, that had knowledge and wisdom and understanding and science. They were strong. They were healthy. They were good-looking. And then he made them eunuchs so that they would serve in his house and he wouldn't have to worry about them mingling with the seed of the Babylonians. <laughs> and Daniel, in this context of having Jerusalem raised and the temple he says oh king live forever he's respectful to the authority you don't see daniel plotting a coup do you in fact what did jeremiah prophesy before they went to babylon he prophesied to israel he said submit to the king of babylon this is a judgment from god he has sent this nation to discipline you, to punish you. And he's, his message was very unwelcome to Israel. And so they went to try to make a league with Egypt. And Jeremiah said, you're doing this for nothing. You're not going to stand against the king of Babylon. This is God-ordained. Well, they didn't like that. And so they actually put Jeremiah in prison. They... Hardly fed him. He was in a miry place, in a wet, dank, damp place, and treated roughly. So, there was no coup being organized by Daniel and his three friends. In fact, Daniel floated to the top no matter which, which circumstance he was in. Think with me, the kingdom changed, as prophesied, from Babylon to the Medes and the Persians. 
Darius the Mede was king. Uh, Darius the, the Persian, no. Yeah, Darius the Mede, I believe. Darius the Mede uh, was, was king. And Daniel survived the regime change. So it went from Babylonian Empire to the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians, and Daniel still was among the top three, and he was the, the chief of the top three princes that were over them all. So he obviously was not plotting any coups. <laughs> he was supportive of the government, and so we should. However, the Bible clearly draws a line between the kingdoms of earth and the kingdom of God. Remember, Daniel disobeyed the king's decree in Daniel chapter 6. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Ezekiel, Daniel. After Isaiah, Jeremiah. Verse 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three, over these three, over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. There's 120, and then over the 120, there's three, and over Daniel, over the, over those three was Daniel. Then this Daniel, verse 3, was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. That is how we should seek to be by God's grace. We should not be seen as revolutionaries. We should not be seen as usurpers, as instigators of rebellion against earthly powers. We should be very careful that we are seen as loyal adherents to the governments of which we are a part. They could not find anything to blame Daniel with. Daniel obeyed the laws. He was not embezzling. He was not stealing. He was not trying to overthrow the government. And they looked, oh, believe me, they looked all of these people, we're talking about the most powerful people in the nation. This was Congress. The 120, 120 princes with the three presidents over them. They were all, save for one of the presidents, which was Daniel, looking for a problem. They left no stone unturned. I mean, they probably went into his house when he wasn't there and looked through his things. They probably investigated all of Daniel's relationships and looked to see where he went and followed him. And they could find none occasion nor fault because it says, for as much as he was what? Faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. This is one of the reasons why I gave up drugs. When I was a party-loving teenager is... When I became a Christian, this was my thinking. Well, if I do drugs, then I can help people who are on drugs. You know, Jesus hung out with prostitutes and the publicans, but he didn't participate in their sins. There's a difference. So they came to him. He ministered to them. It's a difference between partying with someone and then ministering to them. <laughs> I remember a counselor asked me. He was so exasperated because 
you know, if your answer is why you're doing something because God wants you to do it, what are you going to tell them, right? And that's what I told him. He said, why, why, are you doing, why are you doing this? And I said, so that I can share the gospel and the truth with those who are doing these things. That's what I'm doing it. So he was just like speechless. He's just like, what do you say to someone like that, you know? Well, the word of God finally got through to me because the Bible says in Romans 13, be subject to the higher powers. Be subject to the government. And God convicted me about the importance of that. Daniel was like, uh, in, in, in this respect, faithful to the government in all respects. And notice verse 5. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, or Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. So you may not worship God for these days. For a whole month, for 30 days. You may not worship God. Now here there's a conflict, right? There's a conflict between the government of God and the government of man. There was a a private in the army of South Korea where there's a rule that you have to go into the army if you're a male or you can have a uh, civil service of being a policeman uh, for a certain amount of time if you're approved. Um, But everybody joins the armed forces or the civil authorities of some sort, you know that there's been conflict in the past, North Korea, South Korea. And so everyone goes to the military. Well, this young private was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he knew that he would have to come face-to-face with uh, rules that went against his faith. You know, they don't give Sabbaths off in the army. And, you know, you know the, the two countries were still at war. You know, no, no peace treaty had, had been drawn up. And so he told me, he said, it came down to the Sabbath and his commanding officer was right in front of him. Right in front of him. And he was mad. And he said to him, he said, Private O. J. Ho. That was his name. Private O. J. Ho. You must choose God or country. And before O.J. Ho had gone into the military, he had memorized about 300 Bible verses to strengthen him in the military. And there was one that just floated to the top of his brain right away. It was Matthew 6.33. And he said, Sir... Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And the man's mouth closed, he turned, he walked away, and he never bothered him again. He had made his decision, and God backed him up. There is a kingdom that is greater. And so that's what Daniel did. We know the story. Daniel did not capitulate 
Verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He didn't even keep it a secret. He prayed. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. This is a worthy thing that we should do, right? We should get on our knees. We should face the heavenly Jerusalem. Amen? Because the Bible says that the temple, the real temple is in heaven. The old temple has been destroyed. The new temple, the new Jerusalem is in heaven. And we should be praying regularly with our eyes towards that heavenly Jerusalem and giving thanks. And then God protected Daniel from the earthly kingdom. Same thing in Daniel chapter 3 with Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you notice that those four friends, they were all tested. Daniel somehow wasn't there. He was away on business, apparently, in Daniel chapter 3. He wasn't there when Nebuchadnezzar erected the large statue. He said, everybody must bow down to this. But then Daniel's three friends, they had to decide whether God or the kingdom of earth. There is a difference between Caesar and, and between God, between Caesar and Christ. Jesus gave this delineation very clearly in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. We'll start with verse 16. The Pharisees sent out unto Jesus their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. So the Pharisees here were the religious leaders and they go out with who? You have to see the context of this question that they're about to ask Jesus. They go out with who? Who do the Pharisees come with? Verse 16, everyone. The Herodians. Who were the Herodians? They were those with Herod. They were the civil leaders. They went with the Herodians, the civil leaders. The religious leaders and the civil leaders were forming an unholy alliance. Are you following me? And they said, Master... We know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. This was just flattery, plain and simple. They were just flattering Jesus. Verse 17, tell us therefore, what do you think? What thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar? Or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? See, if Jesus said, No, don't pay Caesar's taxes, then they would have accused him to the Herodians who were there, and they would have accused him to the, to, to the Roman government at large of mounting an insurrection against the Roman state, which was ruling over Judea. But if Jesus said, yes, pay Caesar, then they would present him to the Jews as someone that was anti-national, unpatriotic. And they thought they had him. 
They thought they had him. They were like, this is an airtight question. I mean, if he answers, yes, we got him. If he answers, no, we got him. And Jesus says, you're, a hypocr- you're hypocrites. Why are you tempting me? Show me the tribute money. Why did he say you're hypocrites? Because he knew that the Pharisees didn't want to pay taxes. And here they were ready to accuse him before the Herodians for the very thing that they themselves were guilty of. See, political parties are very dangerous. Political parties will say and do anything in order to get votes. You cannot trust governments of men without first filtering everything that is done through the law of God, says the Scriptures. As the example of Shadrach, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego show, shows, as well as the example of Daniel, as well Peter and the apostles in Acts chapter 5. And then Jesus' statement here makes it very clear that there is a separation between church and state authority. Bring me, he says, verse 19, show me the tribute money, and they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, whose is this image and superscription? So who's on the penny? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Clearly then, there is God and there is Caesar. There is a difference. When Paul was standing before the high priest in trial, and he didn't realize it was the high priest, and he called him a white-walled sepulcher. And the man next to him, who was an officer, smote Paul, hit him. And Paul said, I didn't know that it was a high priest. Because he said, Do you, are you answering the high priest so? And Paul said, I didn't realize it was the high priest. He said, because it is written, don't revile a ruler of your people. Don't revile a ruler of your people. And so even Paul recognized you need to submit to earthly authority as far as possible. Retain civility. Be under government, as Romans 13 says. And yet, when it comes to a contradiction of obligation between God and Caesar, we must choose God. Isaiah 34, 1 through 5. Come near, ye nations, to hear, and hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear, and all that is therein, the world and all things that come forth of it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon how many nations? All nations. And His fury upon all their armies. He hath utterly destroyed them. In the prophecies of Daniel, the nations of earth are represented as beasts of prey. Lion, bear, leopard, terrible dragon. Little horn coming out of the terrible dragon-like beast. These are beasts of prey. The nations of earth are not God's kingdom. God's kingdom works in those nations. He works in spite of those nations. And He overrules those nations. The kingdom of Jesus 
is like a mustard seed. It is tiny, minuscule. I wish I could have brought a picture. There was a mustard plant growing upon the precipice that some people speculate that Jesus was uh, on when they tried to push him off in Nazareth after they brought him out of the synagogue. Overlooking Nazareth, we went up there and there was a mustard. It's a little herb seed. And this seed is so tiny. It is so tiny that it's like, it's almost like that the head of a fat, uh, it's like basically the fat, the eye end of a needle. That's how, or even less. It's really tiny, okay? Very, very minuscule. You plant one of those seeds and you get, you get like a, a, a tree. It's just amazing. You know, Jesus said this. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which is so small, but when it is planted and slowly its roots spread and it grows and it strengthens and it becomes a tree. And that's how the kingdom of God is supposed to be in our hearts, not overcoming with force. Jesus said in answer to Pilate, this is one of the strongest recommendations that Jesus' kingdom is not with earthly force. Let's go to John chapter 18. Now, Pilate's job was to make sure the kingdom, uh, the, the nation of Rome, uh, the, the empire of Rome, suffered no harm. He was a Roman ruler. Pontius Pilate. So, verse 33 of John 18, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Are you the king of the Jews. See, they were accusing him of insurrection to the Romans, that the, the Pharisees and the priests, the Sadducees, the, the Jews were accusing him because Jesus refused to fulfill their expectations of what the Messiah was, and he didn't take over the earthly temporal power, and so they rejected him, and they accused him of the very same thing that which they wanted. Do you see why they were hypocrites? They were, they were hypocrites, like Jesus said. So Pilate's job is now to ascertain, is this charge true or not? And so he asks Jesus directly. He questions him on the very point for which he is brought to trial. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus, he says, do you say this thing of yourself or did others tell it thee of me? In other words, do you really want to know or are you just asking because this is the accusations of Against me. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Pilate is a Roman. Pilate is interested in the Roman authority. Amen? He said, Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? And Jesus then makes it very clear. He says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. 
to this end was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, into the world, excuse me, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Then notice what Pilate says. To the charge that he was taking over the Roman government. He was a usurper leading an insurrection. Notice what he says. Verse 38, When he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him, what? No fault at all. You could not blame Jesus for being a part of political matters. He was blameless. He clearly said, my kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom of God, he said, is like a mustard seed. It's like leaven. It's within you. There's coming a time, brethren, when Jesus will set up an earthly kingdom, but it's not now. It's not Romania. It's not the UK. It is not Mexico. It is not Cuba. It is not Japan. It is not Germany. It is not the United States. Comes as a shock to many people, but the United States is not God's chosen people. The Bible says that the, the gospel goes to every nation, to every people, to every language, to every family. There is neither Jew nor Greek. We all can have the gospel delivered to us. There is coming a time when the kingdoms of earth in Revelation chapter 11 will be turned over. But it is not now. Verse 15, The seventh angel sounded the seventh trumpet, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. When is that time? Daniel chapter 2 gives us the outline. Babylon first, then Medo-Persia, then Greece, then Rome, then the divided nations of Rome, modern-day Europe. And then it says, I beheld till a stone was cut out without hands, and it struck the image at the feet and it says in Daniel 2 that the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And then it says it shall break all these kingdoms. All of them are going to be broken. Every single one. It shall break all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. That's Jesus' kingdom. And it is coming. I want to be a citizen of that kingdom. I want to be loyal to the governments of earth as far as they do not contradict the Word of God as the Bible plainly gives it as the duty of Christians to do. To stand, not to kneel. To kneel when others say stand. To preach when they say be silent. We have to follow the example of Jesus. Not fighting earthly battles, not becoming entangled in political things, but preaching the gospel to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Do you want to be a citizen of God's kingdom?
Well, then let's sing and pray a prayer of consecration to that end.